0: Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're joining us. If this happens to be your first time to listen to the podcast or to the radio show here at WGTK, we are a a non-sales program. This is an educational program designed to help educate you about all different facets of money. And so, of course, we always uh, solicit your questions. You can always send me an email to ask Mike a question. Go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And you can submit your question there. It's a new website, so we've got new pictures and new formats. And I think it's an easier way to click more more opportunities to click on a, a way to ask a question. So that's a good way to do it. I had a number of questions come in. This past week, and, and had them coming from all over the country. So it's been interesting. Uh, had a an email from Todd at Flagstaff, Arizona. He's a regular podcast listener. Haven't had a chance to, to connect with him yet. And Todd, if you're listening to this podcast... I have sent you the, the material that you requested, didn't get any feedback, and, and don't know for sure that you got it. Sometimes, and this is good for all listeners to know, if you send me an email with a question and you don't receive a response, let's say at least a week, give me a week to get to the office and, and answer your question, then that means I you need to check your trash or your spam because I I more than likely sent it and, it and it got waylaid somewhere in cyberspace in your spam folder or something and it's there so I think maybe Todd that happened to him and it's it, I don't want somebody to think I did not respond I respond to everybody that uh, sends me something here so if you didn't get something make sure that you check those folders to be sure so Flagstaff and he didn't have particular questions. He wanted that homegoing document that we talked about uh, probably a month or so ago. A uh, very nice document that I offered for free and still do. If you send that to me, uh, send me an email that says you want the homegoing document, and you can just send that on the um, talkingmoneyradio.com. You can go on there and and just uh, send me an email for that, and I'll be glad to send that to you. Um, and also got a. Had a phone call with a, a lady from Minnesota uh, that had a nice conversation with her. Uh, she has a, a good question. We'll get to that in just a few minutes as well. It's been an interesting week, hasn't it? Uh, we still don't know who the president's going to be. It's leaning more and more toward uh, to Joe Biden. And we see the stock market going up and a lot of people wondering, how's that happened with all the policies that he is talking about implementing and trying to get changed Why is the stock market liking that? Well, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. But I thought it was interesting talking to several individuals this week who, and I'm sure like many of you, stayed up late, especially on election night, watching the results. So these couple of guys I was talking to stayed up till 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning looking for the results, trying to watch and see what was going to happen next. And so I told them, I maybe surprised them, especially given my position and what I do here on the radio. i went to bed i said i'm not gonna what can i do about it so the result's going to be the same tomorrow morning as it is now matter of fact it was because nothing much changed by the next morning and matter of fact several days later so you know i'll peek into it i I looked at it on the news that morning uh, but looking at nbc and places like that it's just so obviously slanted um it will switch to fox news for a while just enough to see what was going on, then turn it off and watch something else or just not watch anything and listen to Christmas music. <laughs> that gets you in a different mood. Just listen to some Christmas music, uh, even though it's a little early, but uh, at my house, we get in the Christmas spirit a lot earlier. So when I, I I relate staying up to watch the election results the same way that I relate to people watching the stock market. So people will sit there and and constantly monitoring, looking at it, all the time, all day long, multiple times, and even daily sometimes is too much for some people. You can't do anything about it. So watching it is not going to change it. And you and you certainly should not change your strategy and your plan because of what might happen in a single day, in a single hour, whatever it is. These are long-term plays. I did have one client called me a few weeks ago and asked, and several of them did, but one this particular I'm thinking of, that, that called and said, should I make some changes? And had to, that question several times. Should I make any changes with the upcoming election? And then, you know, maybe sit on the sidelines for a while and see what happens. Well, that wouldn't have worked out real well because we've had, you know, just a fantastic week this week with the market. In spite of all the election chaos, in spite of all the increases in COVID and all the things that are going on, the market uh, is still forward-looking. So I was telling him, and in his case, and like many of our clients, most of the money you're not going to need. You're never going to use. You're really investing it for your heirs, your children, your grandchildren. So it's a 10-, 15-, 20-year play. So what happens in the next few weeks, really over a a 20-year period, is not really going to matter that much. So have your portfolio designed so that you don't have so much in the market that you worry about it like that. Um, and I know a lo- number of people that uh, that some of the guys that I play golf with say, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I got mine all in cash." It's amazing how much they talk to me about stuff like this, but they're not clients. They just they just like to make comments or ask uh, in, uh, or ask questions. I got, all the, I got out of the market. I'm going to stay in cash till all this is over with. And I'm, you know, so what are you doing? They ask me. What are you doing? Well, I'm just keeping well diversified. I keep enough that's not in the market, like you always should, that you have access to liquidity that's not going to be subject to all those fluctuations. As long as you have that, the rest of it is long-term money. I'm, I'm telling you, just don't worry about it. Keep it in good stuff. You watch it, of course, but you, you can't be worried about it every day. You're going to short your life doing that, which means you're less likely to need the money anyway. So, so, don't, so don't be worried about it uh, for that long. All right, so we go to, before we go to our, our first break, uh, I want to make you aware of a project our office is doing, the Greenville Office of Runnable Trust. So we're, we are participating, again, we did last year as well, in the Ellis and Bradley Turkey Fry that benefits Miracle Hill Ministries. Now, this is something they do every year and have done it for years, Miracle Hill has, and Ellis and Bradley have done that for a long time as well where they they fry or smoke a bunch of turkeys over 500 turkeys they do every year to feed people that need it so in all the chaos all the things that are going on the negative in the world here's a here's a positive way for you to reach out and help someone so this coming friday from one to four we will be uh, our staff will be manning the the um places where you donate so the the drop-off points they are the food warehouse in Greenville, which is at seven twenty-five Keith Drive, Greenville. A lot of you have seen that. It uh, has from uh, from God to You Pantry I used to have on that. I think those words may still be up there near the near the downtown airport, seven twenty-five Keith Drive. And there's a warehouse there, and we'll be out in front of that warehouse collecting turkeys. There are some other items. I can't remember what else they need. There's some certain kind of oil, but I know they need turkeys. So because they're gonna go. Grill a lot of them, uh, fry a lot of them for the next week for Thanksgiving. So you bring them there, or you can go to Spartanburg. So those of you listening in Spartanburg, or that happens to be closer for you it's it, the Spartanburg Rescue Mission. So Google Spartanburg Rescue Mission. It's at 189 North Forest Street. That's in Spartanburg. So 189 North Forest Street in Spartanburg. The one in Greenville, 725 Keith Drive. And so our staff will be there on friday you can also go saturday from 10 to 1 at those same places and drop off if that's more convenient for you. but we would love to see you i'm going to try to be as long much as i can at the greenville location probably won't be able to make it to the spartanburg location as well but i'll try to be at the greenville location as much as i can be love to meet you and introduce yourself and especially if you listen to to uh, talking money i'm always eager to meet um listeners help me know that there's somebody out there actually listening. I know there are, but uh, still it's, it's always nice to meet those folks. So, so we'll give you a receipt if you want a receipt, uh, but go buy, you know, Costco, Sam's, uh, Publix, whatever, you get a Turkey. I think the frozen Turkey is probably, I I guess you can do fresh or frozen I think. And we put them in a a big container up there, refrigerator truck and keep them uh, nice and fresh until the time where they're going to be cooking them. So this coming Friday, from 1 to 4 at Greenville or Spartanburg, the food warehouse in, in Greenville on Keith Drive or the Spartanburg Rescue Mission on Forest Street in Spartanburg. We're going to be there to help uh, unload those things and put them. So we'd love to have a whole bunch of people come out there and uh, meet us and, and donate some turkeys. And, of course, if you can't do that, you can always go to the website and to donate uh, money, and you can actually go there, and there's other things that they would like for you to donate as well. That that not even food related tables and things like that. So you go to miraclehill.org, miraclehill.org forward slash events forward slash turkey dash fry. So I read that again: miraclehill.org forward slash events forward slash turkey dash fry. So if, um, if you didn't get all that, uh, send me an email to talking at talking money com, And, uh, and we'll be able to, um, send, send you that information as well, but we'd love to meet you there. Okay. So let's see. It is whoa, way past time for my break. I got so involved with this miracle stuff. Uh, we missed the break, but that's okay. It's a floating break. So, uh, we don't have to worry about that and get back. I've got a couple of questions that we had from listeners that we'll answer and then we'll dig into and dive into what's happened with the markets and, and give you some perspective on that as well. We'll be right back. Ronald blue trust is pleased to sponsor talking money. Ronald blue trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. Talking <laughs> Money. And welcome back to Talkie Money. It's just after 20 minutes after the hour. So glad you're with us today. So I've been talking about the turkey fry that's coming up uh, for Thanksgiving at Miracle Hill. And I found my notes finally for the other things they need besides turkeys. And they need uh, 65 sticks of salted butter. So I'm sure in any of these things, if you get a whole lot more than 65 sticks, there are other places. I mean, this is a big ministry that feeds a lot of people every day. So this is something that still can be used, but this specifically for the turkey fry. They also need bleach. uh, I think at least 10 gallons, I think they said. And then canned goods. And they can use those throughout the fall and winter or so. But any kind of canned goods that you can bring along with the turkey, Uh, or instead of the turkey is fine as well so a lot of ways you can participate in the community this is a way for you to get involved feel good about yourself helping somebody that's less fortunate and keep them from going hungry on thanksgiving having a great meal on thanksgiving and of course that's usually uh, provide several meals for them when they get a turkey they they can go several days with that so that's that's a big help all right so i hope you can uh, join us uh, this coming friday afternoon from one to four over there at uh, Spartanburg or greenville Okay, so one of the questions I got. This came from Minnesota, and uh, this is it came from Kelly, and and she is um, a divorced mother of a couple of kids, a couple of older kids. Her former husband is is uh, he's terminal right now. Uh, she's probably going to get some money from that. So she was wondering what she could do with that money. So her question was, I'm 57, and receiving 300,000 inheritance. What should I do with it? I owe $250,000 on my house, I'm valued at 425000 and nothing else. So no debt, I assume. So she's got her money in her 401k and she's full-time working and she's planning on selling her house in five years or less because she wants to, to downsize. She also would like to use it to travel a couple times a year. So my answer back to her was, the first answer was that I would lean toward recommending that you that pay off the mortgage. So depending on what the interest rate was, and she re- replied to that later, it's about 3%. What, and so that's a great rate. But depending on where you're going to invest your money, 3% these days is still a pretty decent rate for fixed income. So always tell remind folks that by paying off a debt, even a mortgage at 3% or 4%, whatever it is, paying it off is the same thing as making it is making that amount of money because you're not paying it out. So you reinvest, you pay that money out. And, and if you're only investing in a CD or money market or something like that, then you're, not, you're making a lot less than that anyway. So it's really a no brainer to take that money and pay off the debt. The the mortgage deduction, which many of you don't even get anymore because the standard deduction is so much higher. So the that is not a factor in determining what you should do whether or not paying off the mortgage is a good idea. So then I finally got a hold of her by phone. We spoke this week and that's when I found out she was from Minnesota and uh, and great accent. Uh, and if you're listening Kellys, just, I love the, the accent up there. Is just I loved listening to it. And and so she was able to explain a little more details of what was going on and and so forth with her situation. And she she said, "Yeah, I think paying off the mortgage probably is a pretty good idea for me. I hadn't thought about uh, paying it off and just using the this money that I'm going to save." because she was concerned about her cash flow because she was thinking, well, I'll invest it and then I can use the proceeds to pay off the my mortgage payment. Uh, and so she agreed with me that, well, it's probably the best thing to do is just take that money. And although I could have suggested like most advisors probably would and say, hey, let me invest it for you. And we'll make more money. And of course, then we get fees on top of that. But I don't think that was really the best thing for her. Just go ahead and pay it off. Get rid of that monthly obligation, your, your monthly financial support uh, and whatever you're going to get uh, from your divorce settlement is going to stop soon anyway. So let's let's go ahead and just get rid of that monthly mortgage. And that's going to also provide funds. And you'll, you'll save that every month. And then you can use that money to help uh, pay for whatever trips that you want to take. And she's got a pretty nice set of uh, funds in her 401k. And she can continue setting that money aside for the next uh, several years until she retires at 57. Let's say she goes another eight, nine years and she'll have a nice um, nest egg in her 401k and not have a mortgage payment. And if she sells the house in five years before she retires, then then she'll have extra money from that, from the difference she'll be able to, to take that money from the sale of that house, buy the next downsized house, assuming it's less expensive. How many times have I seen that where somebody says, I'm downsizing, and the downsized house costs more than the, the bigger house? Maybe one's old, one's new, a lot of different things factors there Um, so assuming it's going to cost less then you can have that additional money in addition to what you have in your 401k to help uh, invest and set it aside for the income that you're going to need in retirement then i got a a, uh, another email from um, barbara and she's in the upstate she had looking for a safer way to invest uh, some cash on hand she's got some money in cds and she has a, a laddered cd that she's actually been the one set that up herself. But as they come to, of course, the CDs are paying so little. What are you going to do? I know this is a common question for a lot of listeners because they get it fairly frequently because people are frustrated about having such low interest rates. And I think that's one of the things that the the government doesn't look at when they're trying to, in the Federal Reserve, and they're trying to decide raising interest rates, lowering interest rates, or the Fed funds rate, that there are a lot of people who use funds like this to invest conservatively that use it to live off of. So the higher those rates are, they invest in the CDs, they invest in money markets and other things that produce the interest that they take monthly or semi-annually and use that to live off of. So you can actually stimulate the economy. So having interest rates that affects a lot of people when they go up because it's costing them money. But on the flip side, it helps a lot of people that are living off interest as they spend that money. So unfortunately there's very few places we can go for this. So one of my questions was, okay, would you could use tax free income? You can get several percent in in tax free income now. Now you can get even higher than that, but you gotta remember that most of the time you're gonna be buying that municipal bond at a at a premium. So your your dividend yield may be high, but then when the the bond actually matures it's going to mature at a lower value so you'll lose some money which effectively reduces that yield but as as far as the amount of money you're getting each quarter or monthly that's going to be that could be a good rate so you 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 have to go out on the maturity level with some kind of fixed income with bonds and so forth and i think if the interest rates like they did this past week as they go up uh you keep a lot of it liquid so that if over the next couple years if the interest rates do continue to rise then, and they can't really go down much uh, as they continue to rise, then you'll be flexible and you can move the money right into something like that. But I think doing some some um, bonds and we can, we can set up at, at Runnable Trust, we can set up laddered municipal bonds, we can set up laddered regular bonds. And of course CDs, but with uh, the bonds to to try to get you an extra one or two percent yield out of that, uh, and there's really very few places. And she's trying to avoid getting to an annuity. She said, and I and I was all for that one because. I think that's an expensive way to get that guarantees, but the the insurance companies investing in those same things that aren't investing and earning very much, so they're not going to be able to pay much either, and then you got all the expenses and all the illiquidity because you're tying up your money for five years, eight years, ten years, 15 years I've seen. I've seen even as long as 20 years, so that's not uh, too much fun either. So we get back to the break. I did have one more uh, question from a listener, and he's um, asking some questions about – emerging markets and so forth i got a good answer for him from our investment strategy group down in atlanta and i wanted to share just the highlights of some of that uh, that i think would be interesting to, to hear how those uh, are explained and then of course we'll get to some of the election uh, comments about where the market's going why it's doing what it's doing when we get back from that we'll be right back This is Certified Financial Planner Professional, Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives – Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? Which is usually the common uh, perspective. Or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. and welcome back to talking money we've got about 25 minutes before the hour been doing this for a long time it's about 14 years that talking money's been on the air if you want to get to, to hear some of those other topics that we've discussed you can go to talking money and that will get you to the archives and you can listen to a lot of different um Topics that we've covered over the years on uh, on Talking Money. So got another question this week from Russ. It was, it was a good question. So he asks, uh, keep hearing that the future real growth in the stock market will be in the emerging growth sectors instead of the U.S. That would be emerging markets uh, he's referring to. So but when I look at EG, emerging growth, uh, ETFs and mutual funds many are loaded with about 50 to 60 percent China firms which is not to my liking. are there any other opportunities for growth in emerging markets without the very heavy China factor if uh, there are do these funds have similar growth forecasts forecasts I'm in my early 60s preparing for retirement the next few years I currently only have 10 percent in foreign markets which I understand is low but has served me well in the last 10 years. And that is true. And that's that by itself brings up a good point because these different countries and different even industries go through cycles. And so it's uh, the tendency is when you are investing in, let's say, large growth U.S. stocks, and they're doing very well for quite a long time, that you start to forego the other types of asset classes that you should be investing in, not thinking about that there's going to be time when those large growth stocks don't do as well and something like international foreign or emerging markets start doing well so i just passed this along to to nathan who is uh one of my my main contacts uh for at runnable trust for in the investment strategy group there so i i asked uh nathan to give me an answer on this so he says uh this is his answer he says msci which is the index emerging markets index is 40 to 45 percent china which is around what you will see in most emerging market strategies. China is a major piece of the world economy and a large driver of global economic growth. So it's probably warranted to have a healthy exposure, but China is not without its issues. So we agree that going all in on a country like China is a risky proposition. Now I'll jump down a little bit. So the question is interesting because it brings up the fact that many are pointing to emerging markets as a good place to invest going forward due to its faster growth and more attractive valuations. So as, as we talked about before, I mean, the U.S. prices are high relative to history and historical norms as well as other areas of the world. So he shows a, a chart down here which shows the uh, different um, analysts, Morningstar, J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, Franklin Templeton, Northern Trust, UBS. All these have their projections on the returns for the U.S. stock market, international developed market, and emerging markets. So I've got all their predictions here, what they're thinking about going, and I think it's for the next uh, it's a 10-year forecast here. So I won't read through all these, but the average of all these – the U.S. is 4.9%. Emerging markets, it's 7.9%. International developed is 6.6%. So that's an average. It ranges uh, on the on the emerging markets. It goes anywhere from, it looks like, about 4.6% up to 10.5% would be the high. And the U.S. stock market, it looks like the lows of minus one6 to a high of six point uh, seven point uh, two, looks like the, the highest, and uh, J.P. Morgan has the highest on that. And they have the highest on, on emerging markets as well. So it, that, he said, in light of this, one could make the case for increasing their target allocation to emerging markets, but since the emerging market index is so heavy in China, you'll be increasing your exposure there pretty materially, which may cause some concerns. So he said, these are things we think about when building portfolios. These are the Ronald Blue Trust portfolios. The three pillars to our investment approach are to lean into faster growing economies, make sure we are buying at a reasonable price and also maintaining adequate diversification. Those three pillars. And I'll skip a few other lines. He says, the current attractiveness of emerging markets means we are now tilting even more in that direction. However, we still do not want to have too much exposure in any one country. To solve for this, we tend to own funds that split exposure more evenly between the two dozen or so countries in emerging markets. And yes, many countries in that index are as attractive, if not more so, from both a growth and a price standpoint. On top of this, many of our solutions carry a small amount of what is called frontier market exposure. Companies like uh, Romania and Vietnam would be two examples of this. These countries, while even less developed, Often have even higher growth rates, so you got to balance the, balance the growth rates with what the risk is investing in in some of those countries. So just to give you a little flavor for the kind of information we get from our investment strategy group down in Atlanta when designing portfolios and how they watch those portfolios. I think around ten billion or so plus is what uh, we oversee for the company. So it's big. It's not as big as some of those other big, big, big companies, but. Uh, when you when you keep in mind that our portfolios are are designed um, to to for the the company to use, it's not uh, like uh, some other big companies that um, they have all different kind of varieties of some of those different portfolios. So they have some uh, we have some post election talking points that uh, the the team put out as well. The investment strategy group put out, and uh, uh, just it's kind of interesting and, and good advice, I think. And, and we've talked about this before in Talking Money I Have, preparing rather than predicting is the approach we take in navigating uncertainty. So we can't predict, so you prepare. And that's where the, having the balanced portfolios, not having so much in, in stock market type investments, that that makes you nervous when it's going to go up or down and we we typically don't get nervous when it goes up we just get nervous when it goes down but in order to keep you from doing the wrong thing which is to panic when it goes down and i've i've given this advice over and over and over again on talking money for 14 years now and that is when if 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 you invest in something It may go well for a while, but then it drops 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever it is, your number that you start getting too nervous when it hits that number and you pull out. Then I'm telling you, you should have never invested it to begin with, or at least invested that much to begin with. You don't panic and bail out when things go down. You know they're going to go down, you don't know when. You don't know for how for how far and for how long, but you know it's going to go down. Those That's why these investments typically make, historically have made more money over time is because you have that volatility that you have to put up with. So you keep enough that's not in those kind of investments. Then you look at those investments as 5, 10, 15-year play. I, I hear all the time people say, yeah, yeah, I'm 70 years old. I don't have time to recoup it. Well, you probably do because you're probably going to live till 80, 85, 90, something like that. And besides that, you're probably not investing the money for yourself unless it's for an emergency. You're investing it for your family, your kids, your grandkids. And and that's a lot longer time horizon. But you still can back off of it how much you have in growth. So you want to keep more in, in, in regular old money market that doesn't make much, but it still keeps you from having to sell something when it's down. That makes it worth a ton and then you gradually go up into more of the longer term fixed income, certain short term bonds, intermediate term bonds. And you as you go up the yield and you stretch out the the longevity and the maturity, and the duration of those bonds, then the the risk goes up as well, especially now as when interest rates are so low, as they go up. The longer the maturity, the longer the duration, the more risk you have in that bond because it's going to be more uh, subject to more volatility as interest rates go back up. Second point, our time frame buckets. So including having adequate cash for short-term needs, more or less what I just said, that helps portfolios withstand the volatility caused by political events or any other kind of volatility. Elections and changes in political party control are less impactful to long-term returns compared to economic cycles, Profit cycles, interest rates, and inflation. And of course, now the the policy control they can change that the, as elections change. And if we were to get you know a bunch of uh, Kamala Harris uh, type people in there to try to change things the way they like it, then yes, that would change a lot of things. But the next point: our system of government in the U.S. is characterized by checks and balances that make drastic policy changes. Difficult. So policy changes is what you want to look for, not necessarily what a political party or who's in control at the time. And, and I think it's and we'll talk about more of this uh, after the break. But it looks like the Senate's still going to be controlled by Republicans, which means there's going to be a very hard time for uh, any president to make changes uh, in in policy. So voters can eventually keep single-party governance in check with midterm elections. There's always another election coming up in just a couple of years, and we've seen drastic changes in those sometimes, haven't we? Changes in growth prospects and or valuation shifts become inputs into our process and ultimately drive appropriate repositioning. So changes in growth prospects or valuation shifts. So you're looking at at, at rebalancing what types of asset classes are doing better, which ones are, are doing worse, and so forth. And, uh, and that's how you would make some changes. But, you know, we had a great week this past week. The S&P was up about 7.5%. Small companies and the Dow Jones was up about 7%. So in spite of all the stuff going on, we had uh, some, some big changes in the the markets anyway. And, and a lot of some, some positive things that have come out. And, of course, most of it's what uh, President Trump has been doing. And we'll see what happens going forward. But a couple of the things that, that we'll mention after we get back from the break. Uh, on how the election will change and if it will and what it looks like with a um, Democratic-controlled presidency with a Congress that's divided because that's a, a key factor that we want to look at and certainly should consider as you're thinking about your own investments. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives, and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the business consulting division can help you define your company's culture and very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's one 1-800- 800 588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. we got about 10 minutes here left in Talking Money today. If you have a question for me you want to get for a future program, next week we're going to be talking about the year-end tax planning. And Justin Mead, uh, certified financial planner, one of my colleagues is going to join me next week as my guest to talk about some year-end tax planning. He wrote a blog that the company put out company-wide nationally. And uh, so we're going to pick his brain a little bit and add some more things that he didn't talk about and didn't have time to the space to cover all the tax planning techniques. But we want to talk about that before it gets too late in the end of the year. And you need to, to get that stuff done uh, before the end of the year. Not wait till your tax return is you're preparing your tax return. And but if you wanna have a question, you, you send that question to me at Mike at talkingmoneyradio dot com. Mike at talking dot com. You can always go just to the talking money radio website, talking radio dot com and and it's a new website so places there you can click on to ask a question as well so this um, this morning is reading an article by Frank Holmes at U.S. he's chief investment officer at U.S. Global Investors it it kind of summarized what my thoughts were I thought it was it was uh, some good information that we should pass along of course we don't know who's going to be president yet uh, but he says the market seems to have predicted this outcome and he talks about how what the market does uh, pre uh, election, post election, uh, regards to whether or not the incumbent will make it, not make it. The market being down the week before the election would have favored that the uh, Democrat, the challenger, not the incumbent, would have gotten uh, the election. Remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. But he says, many of you reading this are no doubt disappointed. In a poll I ran back in August, 76% of you said you believe President Donald Trump would be better for the stock market than Biden. He says, I'm here to tell you there's probably no need for hand-wringing at this point, which I'm sure many of you are doing, especially since projections of a blue wave did not materialize. The Democrats were not able to flip the Senate, managing only to keep control of the House. And really, they got less control of the House when you think about it, because the Republicans gained some seats there. Investors were strongly in favor of this development, with the S&P 500 ending up you know, 7 over 7% this week. If history is any indication, a Biden presidency and divided Congress may very well end up being the most favorable outcome for equities. It's always that may will end. We may end up with Republicans controlling the Senate. We're less likely to see hugely consequential legislation passed, such as massive tax hikes, drug pricing limits, nationalized health care and spending for the Green New Deal. So because both chambers need to compromise to pass any kind of stimulus package. So businesses love congressional gridlock for this very reason. So he shows you a chart then says looking all the way back to 1928, the average annual stock returns were highest, 16%, when there was a Democratic president and split Congress. That's according to the Bank of America. But it's a very small sample size, so it's, it's hard to get any kind of real benefit from that. But at least th- there's some um, historical um, relevance to that that says, okay, Uh, it's not doesn't mean it's the end of the world when that happens and i that was always my thought and what i would tell people that ask me so i'm looking more at the at the senate and to see if we if republicans hold that then it's not going to be the catastrophe that we think it is going to be that if that we didn't hold the senate and and still didn't hold the house of representatives and the presidency that certainly there would be a lot of of effort to try to to do the far left type stuff and even though biden says uh, he's not going to be controlled by that he's uh, he's he's going to be his own man so we'll see how that works out so then um, frank holmes says as i frequently say it's not the party that matters but the policies we believe governmental policy is a precursor to change and that money can be made in america no matter who is in charge then he talks about inflation, the concern with inflation. He says, at the same time, I don't want to minimize the inflation risk if Biden is able to get more extreme left-wing legislation passed. Modern monetary theory is a real threat I've written about before, most recently last week, when it was reported that Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren may be interested in a cabinet position as Treasury. Secretary Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, a self-proclaimed Democratic socialist, may also end up with a role in Biden's cabinet as Labor Secretary. So that's going to be interesting to see how some of that, because uh, those people obviously are going to have influence over what uh, Joe Biden's administration does and how it looks like. And Gary Alexander always has some some interesting. Tidbits, I haven't quoted Gary for a long time, but he says no matter who wins the election tonight or later, and then he wrote this on uh, Tuesday, if we want to thrive again, we must avoid candidate Biden's threatened dark winter of economic lockdown in hopes of starving COVID-19 by inaction. We must listen to the voices of more than a few doctors who only look at the caseload of COVID tests. A true leader looks at a vast array of causes and effects, the economy, our psychology, and our total health haven't we seen a lot of that we've seen them concentrated just on covid uh of course there's there's debate whether or not that was uh, enhanced and emphasized just to try to make uh, donald trump look worse and maybe it worked we'll see but interesting he said the final 2020 gdp won't be known until late january or late march Um, but looking at the gdp loss the estimates for 2020 the u.s compared to japan germany canada france uk and italy shows that the U.S. GDP loss in 2020 will be 3.6%. Everybody else is higher than that. Japan, 5.3. Germany, 6.0. Canada, 7.1. France, 9.8. UK, 9.8. Italy, 10.6. So economist Don Luskin measured U.S. state economies by severity of lockdowns, and it turns out that states with the most severe lockdowns correlated with the greater spread of the virus. He quotes, states with longer, stricter lockdowns also had larger COVID outbreaks. The five places with the hardest lockdowns, the District of Columbia, New York, Michigan, New Jersey, and Massachusetts had the heaviest caseloads. So interesting how how that worked out. Then later in the article, he's, he talks about experts should be on tap, not on top. So don't, don't take their advice as, as what you should be doing. When it comes to practical solutions, academic experts should be on tap, not on top. I think of that diagnosis often when I hear Dr. Fauci or other medical experts talk about not opening up the economy until 2022. They have their microscopes and their models, but they seem totally ignorant about human psychology and economics. There are far more dangers in this world than a single virus that kills less than 0.1% of its victims under the age of 60. There is poverty, suicide, domestic violence, drug abuse, alcoholism, Avoiding treatment for everything else. (laughs) He says, on theory, uh, let's see, later on he says, on theory, we have often put forward is that experts ought to be on tap and not on top. We have had during our career a long and intimate knowledge of experts, most interesting men in their own specialty, to which they have devoted themselves with great industry and zeal. But outside this special knowledge, they are generally as foolish and as ignorant as any person one could pick up on the street with no broad knowledge of society or the general principles of legislation. Dr. Fauci and other researchers have great experience in one area, but to a historical economists like me, they seem as foolish and as ignorant as any one person could pick up on the street in a wide variety of other vital areas of life. We need real leaders to listen to all points of view and then make wise decisions for the good of all of us. I thought that was something that gave a, a great perspective on, how we should look at things like the virus and even during the debate when heard uh trump was talking about we need to open up the economy and and biden was saying we want to be safe well you you take safe too far and you take away all your freedoms and in this case as, as those statistics look at it could even make the virus worse not better all right that's all the time we have to talk about those kind of things just want to give you another reminder that this coming Friday, the Ronald Blue Trust Greenville office team will be stationed in Spartanburg at the Spartanburg Rescue Mission at 189 North Forest Street, Spartanburg, and at the Food Warehouse in Greenville, 725 Keith Drive, to to accept your donations for the Ellis and Bradley Turkey Fry to benefit Miracle Hill Ministries. So they fry and smoke over 500 turkeys, so we need to get the turkeys from somewhere. So we need turkeys, we need sticks, salted butter, we need bleach, and just any kind of canned goods, which can be used for the as for the turkey days and all the for the turkey fry and all the fun food that, that uh, Miracle Hill provides for all those who are in, in need, but also can be used throughout the fall and the winter. So we want all those things. If you want more information, go to miraclehill.org forward slash events forward slash turkey dash fry. So that was miraclehill.org forward slash events forward slash turkey dash fry. So uh, we'll be there manning those, those uh, drop-off points. I'd love to see you. If you're a radio listener, please uh, note that so we can uh, ho- hopefully have a chance to meet you as well. So thanks for listening to Talking Monday today. we are back next week with uh, Justin Mead to talk about some year-end tax-saving uh, tips. And we hope you can stay tuned for us then. Have a great week. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.